Well, hello everyone, you can take your seats. Please have a seat, get comfy. I have a lot to say tonight, but it's good. If you don't know me, my name is Angela and I run Kids here at Emerge Church and it is my absolute favorite place to be on a Sunday. I get to hang out with the coolest volunteers. And uh, this morning we had a carnival day and it was so much fun. It was a bit crazy, uh, but it was good. It was very good. It was very fun. And, um, you know, at Kids Church, we, like Pastor Mark said, we have a vision, we have a plan for our kids, and we are doing our best to equip them to be able to tell others for Him and giving them the best start at their relationship with God. And, you know, um, we're helping them to learn how to reach out to others. And um, I had a testimony recently, which I thought would share because it's always good to start with a faith word. And so we've had a grandma coming to emerge and she's been bringing all her grandchildren um, and um, one of the little girls that comes, her dad has never been wanting to come to church and through his daughter coming to kids church over a little while, he's been noticing a difference to her and so he's been coming and checking out church, which I think is really cool. Awesome. Well, God is doing great things around all of us and in us. And, you know, it's so good to hear stories like this because it builds our faith and it gives us hope um, and it keeps us looking for encounters like this. And I'm just going to pray before we, before I begin. So let's close our eyes. God, I just thank you for the opportunity to be on this stage tonight, Lord. God, it is not about me, God. This is all for your glory, Lord. And so, God, I pray that you would help me deliver what you have shown me. God, let my words, your Holy Spirit breathe words, Lord, land on soft hearts, God. Let ones that need to hear it, God, hear it, Father. And let the rest of us, Father, be encouraged by what you're doing, your mighty name, amen. You know, I've talked to so many people recently and um, about what they're going through. And I've he been hearing over and over again that people feel stuck, they don't feel like themselves, and they just feel like they're wandering around with heavy hearts, like things are unclear for them and they don't know where they're going. You know, as I was thinking about this and praying about this a few weeks back, I got a vision that sets up what I wanna talk about tonight. It's of someone looking forward to what God has for them, but then they started hearing negative words play over in their mind, and they started thinking whether they could do it or not. Doubt started slipping into their hearts, and they got a bit worried because it's a new thing. It might be uncomfortable for them, and so they went to turn around, and God was standing there behind them. He was covering their past because he's already paid for it on the cross. He was reminding them that they are his children and that he is with them. So tonight, I want to share what um, God has been showing me and teaching me once again. For some of us tonight, this is not going to be a new lesson, but I really feel that it's a timely reminder for us. So I want to encourage and challenge us tonight about looking forwards and not looking back. You know, where our focus is in life is so crucial. We need to look ahead. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about where our eyes are looking. You know, someone we talked to about recently in Kids Church was uh, one of the disciples, Peter. And you know, Peter, he was called by Jesus. He was chosen by Jesus. Um, and he had a great faith in him. He had seen miracles firsthand. 
Um, he was a friend of Jesus's and he had been a follower of Jesus, of Jesus for a while now. And in our story tonight in Matthew 14, we find Peter in a boat with the other disciples. And this is after feeding the 5,000 when Jesus had sent them back across the lake. And it says that they were in trouble because there was a storm and the wind and the waves were crashing against them. And now it was about dawn. So they'd been on this boat for a long time and it was about dawn and Jesus was walking to them on the water. The disciples were terrified and in fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. And, you know, I don't blame them because I think I probably would have done the same thing if it was me. Um, and then Jesus says, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Now, this story is pretty crazy so far. There's someone walking on the water. <laughs> but um, Peter says, Jesus, if it's really you, tell me to come out to you on the water. And Jesus says, okay, Come. And so Peter got out of the boat and started walking towards Jesus. Now, I think it's pretty wild. And if you've grown up in church or heard this story before, you've probably tried to walk on a pool or when you're at the beach and it probably hasn't gone very well for you. But at this point, things were going okay for Peter, who was walking on the water. And then he saw the waves and he saw and felt the wind. And that's when he began to sink. Now, it's not all bad news for Peter because when Peter called out to Jesus. It says that Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You know, they got back in the boat and the storm calmed down and then the disciples worshipped him. What I learned from Peter is that just like Peter, we also get distracted by the things around us, the storms and the waves of life, and we let doubt and fear and worry creep in. We shift our focus of what's in front of us and we start slipping away you know, we need to ask ourselves, what are we fixing our eyes on? Something many people don't know about me is that I have pretty terrible eyesight and I wear contact lenses almost every day. And if I don't have them on, I have to have my glasses on. And I have a photo um, of what my actual eyesight is without anything on. So that is obviously my eyes with glasses on and probably most of your eyes. And then if you look over here, that's actually what I can see when I don't have anything on. So it's pretty bad. Uh, but you know, I didn't know I actually needed glasses until my family um, finished doing full-time traveling ministry when I was about 11 or 12. And I was enrolled into a school. And because I was tall and very shy back then, I'd sit up the back and um, I'd have to like copy off other people's work because I couldn't actually see the blackboard very well. I didn't know that normal people couldn't, could actually read it. I just thought that was normal. And so I'd go home and I had headaches and all of these things. And anyway, mom finally was like, maybe we need to get your eyes checked. And so when we went and picked up my glasses for the first time, I put them on in the car um, and I was like, wow. I remember gasping at the fact that fences had individual like posts on them, like you could actually see them. And um, I remember sitting there and I was like, mom, did you know that like when you're driving, you can see that trees have individual leaves? Like I just didn't know that that was a thing. And then, you know, the street signs and like, um, yeah, street signs and the speed signs. I was like, hey, mom, you can actually like read them before you get to them. So, you know, it was a pretty incredible feeling. I had a whole new perspective of life. I felt more wonder, more excitement. Um, I even felt a little bit better in the world that I could see like everybody else could. It was amazing. 
But it wasn't long before all of this came, became familiar for me. And my focus uh, shifted from thankfulness, like being able to see clearly, I started taking that for granted. In fact, I even stopped liking the very things that helped me so much because I felt so self-conscious about them after a kid for the first time ever called me four eyes and teased me about having glasses. I feel like this can be us in life. At first, when we find salvation or we get a new revelation from the Word or have a fresh encounter with Jesus, everything is so clear and we have a new purpose and that's so exciting. And yes, we might have questions and Yes, it can be tough to learn what it's like to be a Christian, but we have a new awe and a new wonder of um, what God is doing. You know, God sets us up with all these new opportunities and experiences. You know, we start attending church, maybe we go to life group, we start reading His Word and learning about God and who He's made us to be. We might stop swearing so much or drinking as much, and we might even invite some of our friends and family to church. We start talking to God more and learning what a personal relationship with Him is. We might get a fresh revelation when something jumps out of the Bible, or we have an encounter with God during worship. We might serve in church and love having the opportunity to give back to others. We are looking forward and learning about God's plan for us. But so often, after a while, we get familiar with God's presence, with His power and with our identity in Him. We might get a bit distracted because of the pressure around us or encounter some struggles along the way, and these present differently for each of us. So we're gonna come up with a bit of a list and I want you to take note because you might find yourself relating to one or a few of these. It could be that we might get a bit lazy with going to life group or reading our Bible. We might have old temptations come creeping back in and we attempted to sin. We might get let down by someone we thought we could trust and we feel disappointed. We might start comparing our journey to others. We might miss out on a promotion at work and feel inadequate. Maybe our kids are having struggles and we feel like a, fail, a failure or a failed parent. Our workload work, work might get increased and we feel extra stressed out. Our group of friends might do something without us and we feel alone, alone or unlovable. Our study or grades at uni or school aren't doing well and we decide that we are not smart enough. We've been going through, have gone through a relationship breakdown and we feel hurt and bitter. We get sick, we get bad news from a doctor and we start to have fear and we are unwell. Our finances, maybe there's an unexpected bill or a rise in rent or you get stuck in a terrible job and you feel unsuccessful. You might have someone speak some words over you which make you feel ugly, not good enough. You might be exhausted from the busyness of life and you're tired and you want to give up. I could go on because there are a million things competing for our attention every moment of every day. Our world is full of never-ending distractions. It's easy for our minds to become consumed over the greatest target that time and we can become trapped with an overwhelming feeling with distress and exhaustion, and we can find ourselves drowning just like Peter was, he, wanting to give up. We're living out of the weight that we have taken on. 
it becomes, sorry, it kind of becomes what life was like with me without glasses. Very, very blurry. Unsure of what I was missing out on and straining to see what was in front of me. But the Word of God says in Hebrews 12 that I am to fix my eyes on Jesus. Let's have a read of that passage. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility that he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. You know, we have to strip off the weight that slows us down. You know, I see those words that we read before, and they most certainly hold me back from what God has for me. They most certainly slow me down. Then it says to run the race. Well, sure, let's run it. But if we've got all this baggage on us and things holding us back in our past, then that's a bit tricky. But let's continue reading. It then says, by keeping your eyes on Jesus who initiates and perfects, we are to remember our salvation and then we won't become weary and tired. You know, God is showing us that his salvation and in becoming a child of God, that we can keep our eyes on him and run the race set out for us. When we get saved, we actually have a new identity in Christ. When we receive salvation, and if you're here tonight and you've never done that, you're gonna have an opportunity later. So when we receive salvation, we are clothed with a new purpose. We can strip off the old and we can look forward to the new. This means not going back, like I saw in that picture, not going back because the old won't serve us anymore. It's just like if I put on my old glasses, obviously I've had a series of new ones since then, but if I put my old ones on, they're not gonna do anything. They are useless. This is because I have learned over time and God has taught me to look through the lens of what he says about me. Now, please hear my heart. I'm not saying it is easy to just leave the stuff in the past and never get affected by the sinful world that we live in again. This is not the truth. But I am hoping to encourage us that when we turn from our old ways and walk the path God has set for us, he promises to walk with us and we can learn how to combat these things. You see, it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. We all get affected by old patterns and temptations. Maybe they're not the same ones that we've overcome. And maybe some of those things do slip back in. Or maybe we get bombarded by an old thought and we give more focus to that. When we give a thought focus in our minds, the bigger it will grow. You know, there are often things in our lives that the enemy likes to replay and bring up for us. For myself, I've struggled with having a negative mindset. And if I'm vulnerable tonight, it's in the area of self-image. This has been a battle for me since I was a really young girl. 
um, and something that the enemy tries to bring back and distract me with all the time. Words that I've spoken over myself in the past try to string, pop up and pull me back. Things like, you're not talented enough, you're a giant, you never look nice enough or pretty enough, everyone is looking at you, you can't do it like they can, and what is so-and-so thinking of me? Now, over the years, I have learned that these negative voices, I've learned, sorry, to recognize these negative voices in my life and to challenge them against what God says about me. And then if they don't line up with that, I know they're not the truth, but it doesn't mean that there isn't a battle going on in my mind. And I wonder if any of you can relate to that. You know, to add to this, I always then put on expectations on myself that aren't there from others. I'll make assumptions about what people expect from me and what I'm supposed to be like. But the only power our thoughts actually have is the power that we give them. When we let our eyes become unfocused like Peter did, we begin to let our minds wander, affecting how we feel, doubt can come in, and then we want to turn our back and go back to our old ways. So I want to look at some ways that we can strip off this old life. How do we put the identity we have in Christ on and keep looking forward? We're going to use some instructions from 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. It simply says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know, let's get, we're going to break those few lines down. And, you know, I believe when we fix our eyes on Jesus, the first thing to help us not look back is to fix our eyes on praise. You know, sometimes we have to praise our way out. In Acts 16, we see Paul and Silas put in jail, and the Bible says at midnight, they were singing hymns and worshiping when there was a sudden violent earthquake, and the doors flew open, and their chains fell off. You know, in Joshua chapter 6, we hear about the walls of Jericho falling down when trumpets were sounded, and the people gave a shout, praise is powerful. You know, we might not physically be in jail like Paul and Silas, but situations we may be facing and circumstances we find ourselves in can make us feel trapped. Some days when I'm feeling a little unmotivated or I don't want to face something, I put on a praise song because the words that we speak are so powerful. And when, we, and when they are about lifting Jesus up, it doesn't take long before my focus is off what my problem was, and I'm praising Him. You know, if you lived near me, you might hear a song blasting from my house, or I'm sure Pastor Rachel has heard me humming a song in our office because I need to refocus my eyes on the bigger picture and not just the problem I'm facing. Speaking words of life, giving Him glory, declaring victory, refocuses our minds on Him. And sometimes we need to just get a song in our heart and shout it out. When we fix our eyes on praise, we focus on the one who is greater than the things that we're going through. The next thing we can do to fix our eyes on Jesus and not look back is to fix our eyes on prayer. When I was in my early teen years, from maybe about 11 years old up until about 14-ish, 
I had a season of being overcome with fear during the night and scared of things like terrorist attacks and people invading and people coming to attack me. It would cause me to lose sleep. It, my whole body would shake and I would pretty much be paralyzed with fear. Now my dad, he taught me some powerful lessons during this time. He would come and sit by my bed and read and pray scripture over me for hours. <laughs> He would say things to me like, he'd read things to me like Proverbs 3, 24 to 26 says, you can go to bed without fear. You will lie down and you will sleep soundly. You need not to be afraid of sudden disaster or the destruction that comes upon the wicked for the Lord is your security. He will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. He would read Hebrews 13, 6 and it says, with confidence, I can say the Lord is my helper. So I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? He read Isaiah 41, 10. That says, do not worry because I am with you. Do not be afraid because I am your God. I will make you strong and I will help you. I will support you with my right hand that saves you. You know, declaring scripture like this and praying them over me is how we would diminish the power of the enemy and bring me peace so that I could sleep. Power is a pr prayer is a powerful tool. Prayer is our lifeline. Prayer is fixing our eyes on Jesus. You know, maybe we need to repent for some things, for some unforgiveness, for greed, for thoughts we've had about someone or something. We need to turn back to Jesus. Sometimes we need to get on our knees and pray. Pray over our situations. Pray for this fight that's going on against your flesh. Pray for others. You know, parents and grandparents, your prayers are so powerful. And maybe you haven't seen fruit of your prayers yet, but God sees you and He hears you and you can trust in His timing. You know, the verse then says to pray without ceasing. And sometimes we get a bit religious with how we pray. It's gotta be a certain way, a certain time of the day, certain words. And it can just seem a bit hard, but our God is a relational God and He just wants to be in relationship with you. So we have to make time to pray, but it can look different for each of us. It could be when you're taking the dog for a walk. It could be when you're driving in your car, if you have long commutes, pray. You can pray with your kids when you're driving them to school in the car. You know, mums or dads, when you're hanging out washing, pray over it, pray for your kids, pray for your husband or your wife. Pray to be sustained through all situations. An important part, part of prayer is listening because prayer is a conversation that we have. Pray for God to open your eyes to the opportunity that is in front of you. Ask Him to reveal things that you are holding on to from your past and then listen to what He's telling you. When we listen to God, we find rest. We find peace. God is a kind and loving God, and He wants more than anything for you to talk to Him. We will learn His loving nudge, and we will learn to hear His heart for us. When we fix our eyes on prayer, we surrender the need to be in control, and we can trust God for the breakthrough that we need. The third thing we can do to fix our eyes on Jesus is to fix our eyes on gratitude. Now, I recently went to the Philippines with Pastor Nikki. We had a really great time and we got to meet some really beautiful people. It was a pretty fun time. Um, it was just Nikki and I. And so we 
kind of stood out a lot because there was just two of us and we were both women and um, we had so much fun. And so when we'd go to shops and things, people would stare at us and take photos of us. It was a little bit like being famous, had a little taste of it. But um, one cute moment was when we walked past a family in the shops and the, the little girl, she, um, you know how you follow people when you're staring at them? I'm sure we've all caught us, ourselves doing it. But she uh, was like watching me and she was like, wow. And it was so funny. Anyway, I'm sure it must, I must have been the tallest person and especially woman that she has ever seen. But anyway, one thing that stuck with me on our, from our trip was the gratitude of the people. Everybody we met said glory to God or praise God or to God be the glory a number of times in every conversation and about every single topic. Now, I obviously agree with them, but what stuck out to me was the heart behind it. They were so thankful for what God had done for them. They were constantly rejoicing in what they'd been given and grateful for the opportunities that they had. They were focusing their eyes on thankfulness. Now, this really challenged me because it got me thinking and reflecting on the question, what does gratitude look like in my life? Gratitude leads to hope, and hope is a key ingredient for faith, which allows us to hope for the unseen. As Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance for what we do not see. Gratitude allows us to see the past situations we're in, the strongholds in our life, and to hope for what God has promised us. Gratitude changes our posture. When we start looking for things to be thankful for, it doesn't take long to see all the beauty that God has put into our lives and we can fix our eyes back on Him. How can we add gratitude in your life? Well, can you hang scripture on your wall or put it on your mirror so you see it every day? Can you write some notes in your note app every night, three things you're grateful for? Can you bring it out with your kids? Hey guys, what are you grateful for today? The more we are thankful in our lives, the more we will see a change in our perspective. Let's fix our eyes on gratitude and remember our salvation for what He has done for us and let's give Him the glory. Let's live out of a posture of a grateful heart. The fourth thing that the verse points out to us and that we can remember to do is to fix our eyes on whose you are. We are children of God. We have been brought with a price. God loved us so much that He sent His only Son to die on the cross for us. You know, when I was younger and I would speak negative words on my life, my mum would always say, don't speak to my daughter like that. And to be honest, sometimes I still speak like that and Caleb has to pull me up and he says something similar. Don't speak to yourself like that. I used to roll my eyes at my mum though and say, mum, I can say whatever I want about myself to myself. Anyway, as I grew older, I realised that my mum was exampling the father's heart of God to me. God formed us, he created us, he planned for us, and then he chose us to have a relationship with him. We are his. Therefore, we need to align our thoughts with the lens that we are the children of God. So that anything that doesn't match up with that, all those words we looked at earlier tonight, that they are not part of our identity. 
Let's look at a, a list, though, of some things that God says we are in Him. We are loved. We are loved by our Father in heaven. God sent His only Son. I'm pretty sure that that means we are pretty loved. We are chosen. We are saved. We are wonderfully made. We belong. We are never alone. Deuteronomy says that the Lord, your God, will be with you. He tells us that He is with us. So sometimes when we don't feel like He's there, we can stand on that promise that He is with us. We are gifted. We are courageous. We can have peace and find rest in Him. We are purposed. He has gone before you with a unique plan just for you. We are confident in Him. We have strength through Him. We are free from the past guilt and shame that we hold on to, and we are forgiven. You know, we need to reframe our toxic thoughts and capture those mindsets that don't line up with who God says we are. We can learn to capture our thoughts. In Philippians 4.8, it says, To fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and praiseworthy. Worthy of praise. <laughs> Two weeks ago, Pastor Rach spoke to us about renovation and gave us a cool visual about ripping out the old and letting grow and God grow and shape you through remodeling your life. When we fix our eyes on whose we are, I promise you, your life is going to be better than you'd ever planned. If you trust Jesus with it and stop looking back to the past, comparing yourself to others and start thinking forward through the lens that being God's child, your life is going to be great. We have a few minutes left, so if the band could come and join me, that would be amazing. And the last thing I want to touch on is that when all else fails, sometimes we just need to cling to Jesus. We see Peter do this. He reaches out to Jesus. He called out to Jesus and he trusted that he was there for him. You know, when anxiety hits your heart, God is there. When you feel alone, God is there. When tragedy comes, God is there. When you feel like a failure, God is there. For me, I've battled and I have failed so many times. I remember one time when I had a really significant anxiety attack that came against me. I was at home alone, I was in my room, I was stressed about my youth and kids team and my full-time job that I had and my boyfriend I had at the time and managing everything that was going on and my heart was racing, my hands were sweaty and my mind was saying, you can't do this, just drop it. You aren't pretty enough, wise enough, and you're definitely not capable enough. Just stay home. Started not being able to breathe. And I just stood there for a moment. And then I said, no. And I started praying in tongues. I started repeating verses over me that I had learned, which I was young, which was why we do so many memory verses in kids' church. Things like, the Lord your God is with you. 
He goes before me. Fix your eyes on Jesus. He is my rock and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You know, I started thanking Jesus for where I was. I was safe. I had salvation. I could trust in Him. I had a roof over my head and I had breath in my lungs. I don't know what I would have done without Jesus, but it was through fixing my eyes on Him that I could overcome. I refused to let fear and shame be the voice that determined my future. It is so important that we cling to Jesus. You might find yourself somewhere in the words that we read earlier on tonight. You might have seen a few words that you've defined yourself with, things that make you turn back. During those times when we don't feel like we are enough, when we are struggling, or even during times when things might be okay for us, we need to practice praising Him. It focuses our eyes on Him. We need to pray because He is there, listening and wanting to empower you for your future. We need to be grateful because He has done so much for us and He is doing so much. And we have to align ourselves with whose we are. We are God's children. All these things will help us look up to Jesus. And through that, He can transform our lives and pull us into a place where our mindsets can be free from the past. Remember that vision of God I talked about at the start. He's got you. He's there. Don't walk around letting your past or others' voices determine your future. Use what God has given you. His authority, His plan, His strength. He's given you all that you need. Tonight, let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Now we're going to pray for two things as we end tonight. And in Deuteronomy 31.8, it says that the Lord, your God, will be with you. It says your God, and it is highlighting to the fact that we have a choice to make Him Lord of our life. We get to choose whose we are. Are we our own? Are we this world's? Or are we our creator God's? You know, I don't know everyone in this room tonight. And maybe you've identified that you aren't fixing your eyes on Jesus, but rather you are looking back to the past or living an unclear, blurry life you might realize that you need a new lens to look through, to clothe yourself with the image of God. God only wants the best for you. He wants you to live in freedom from your past. He wants to live the life He's called you to live and to not look back. If I could ask us all to close our eyes. You know, God, He is my best friend and I am so thankful that I have Him in my life. You've heard bits of my story tonight and there is no way that I could do life without Him and there is no way I'd want to. 
Maybe you don't have a relationship with Him tonight or you've walked away and tried to do life on your own and you want to come back, turn back to Him, to say yes to Him, to commit your life to Him once again. Just as a sign to Him right now, if you want to make that decision to turn back to God, to receive salvation for the first time or the first time in a long time, just ask you to raise your hand so I know that who I'm praying for. Awesome. You know, church, right now we're going to take a moment to pray for those in our life who we know need salvation because we want their lives to be set free. We want them to turn back and have a future in God. Why don't we pray for those ones? Think of someone that you know, someone that's not sitting beside you tonight that we can pray for. God, we lift up these people to you, Father. God, we think of those ones in our lives who are stuck. God, their futures are unclear, God, and we ask, God, that they would come to know you, Jesus. God, we ask that you would help us to be brave and bold and share the joy that we have found in you, God, to share that they are God's child. In Jesus' name. The other thing I want to do before I close is I want to pray over us. You know, maybe something I mentioned tonight has resonated with you. Maybe an issue has stirred in your spirit and you feel like you need a perspective change, a new lens to look through. Maybe you feel like you've been distracted and you're turning your back, or maybe you need to surrender something to you. You know, we're going to pray for that. But this week, you need to pray you need a praise, you need to thank Him, and you need to choose whose you are. Maybe we can stand as we pray, and if you have something that you want to give over to God, something that you want to respond and hand over to Him to give the control back, why don't you think of that as I pray now? God, we just come to You, Father. God, and we say thank you. God, we say thank you, Jesus, for what you have done in our lives, God. We say thank you for the opportunity to be your child. God, we thank you, God, that you have brought us out. You have given us a future, God, that you've covered our past, God. And Lord, I pray for these things that we are lifting up to you tonight, God, and we release them to you, God. We give back the control to you, Jesus. Lord, we want to fix our eyes on you, God. God, this week we're going to commit to praise and pray and to have gratitude to you, God, and to remember that we are your child. God, you are our salvation. Lord, we choose to fix our eyes on him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, you are good. God, we love you. God, we are so thankful that we have a future, a hope, God, in you. Holy Spirit, thank you for helping us walk out our life. 
Holy Spirit, thank you that you are there when we are alone, unloved, unworthy, God. God, you paid for that all on the cross. So God, we look towards our futures, Lord, and we have confidence in who you've made us to be. Confidence to walk that out in our life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now you can stay standing. Thank you.